started. All of those 40 years. That the Jews were in the desert. There was, it's true that the northern wind, which is, a, which is a very good wind, that's what we call it, the good wind, is, um, is oh, by the way, I, I think, um, well, just uh, the, the wind that, there's two, the wind, when we say southern wind or northern wind, it's from the direction that it's coming from. I think that's what it is. Coming from the south is a harmful wind. Coming from the north is the, is the, is the, Good wind. That's how I, I think I understand. That's how it sounds like. That's weird because the trade winds, the southern winds, are usually the warm winds. The right. The northern winds are the cold winds. Yeah, but um, yeah, well, if you're in the desert, uh, the, the cold winds are better. <laughs> the cold winds are better, the I guess. Winds. Okay, fair enough. I guess what I'm guessing. Okay, okay. anyway. But when did the northern wind blow? Midnight. It was in the middle of the night. Hashem That's when God hit, you know, uh, hit, struck the, the every firstborn of the of Egypt. Now, my what what is the fact that Hashem hit the struck the Egyptian firstborns have to do with this? The answer is There's a real thing about finding a, a, a time of God's will and uh, where he's and that's the idea that there's it's a very very efficacious time right at midnight that's why people get up at midnight strictly specifically to be awake to um, daven to Hashem for the Beis HaMikdash why is that Tikkun Chatzos established because there's a, something about midnight that's an Ace Ratzon it's a real thing that's the idea okay um, Amar Rav Huna Rav Huna says Vartora really from the Torah somebody who his orla was pulled back to make it look like so he actually had a circumcision but it was pulled they used to it's like a reverse mila that people pulled the foreskin back over the crown to look like they are not they're not circumcised and technically circumcised is circumcised you can't undo a circumcision and you wouldn't be allowed to eat truma but from a rabbinic stance, Gazru Allah, they made a decree on it, because it's like a mar, it looks like an RL, because it, it, it looks as if he didn't have a bris mila. So that's a story. It says, Mashach needs mila. Doesn't that sound like Doraisa? So the Mar says, No, not Doraisa. It's from the rabbis. So Mar says, why would we think that when the Torah says the word, when the quote is he needs a mila, that that's an expression of daraisa, mutkari la makari la, what were we thinking in the question the word tzarech is a clear indicator that it's not a daraisa if it was a Torah point it would say have oral, okay, if you, have, if you pull it back, you're back to being an oral when you say tzarech the right, it's like a, it's like a softer term, which indicates that it's only rabbinic. So Kumar says, uh, and it didn't have. You're right. From the beginning, it's not what the kash is. It's really from this, the latter part of the quote. Don't redo the mila. If it was pulled back over, leave it. You want to know why? Because it's dangerous. Uh, you know, there's not much to cut. 
you try cutting, you might cut off too much, and it can make it, it can render a person prohibited to marry. Okay, so best leave things, you know, leave well enough alone, basically. Technically, it's kosher, there's no need to do it. Amrilo, so they told him about a lot of people did a mila in the time of uh, the Bar Kochva rebellion. And they, they were fine with it. They had children and everything. Comes, Rashi here brings down a fascinating uh, historical event. That, you know, this is the only place that I know about it. Okay, so as you know, the Romans made a lot of decrees against the Jewish people. Um, the Jews did a brismila. So what the Romans did is they forcibly took Jews and did and did reverse surgeries, sort of, to cause it that they should look like they have, uh, they're, they're not circumcised. When Bar Kochva led a rebellion against the Romans, so they had, for two and a half years, he had control, he had kicked out the Romans, and in, those, in that time, they undid what the Romans did to them. But it's a crazy thing to think about, that they just strapped, they, they would grab a, a Jew who was circumcised, Strap him down and reverse his uh, his bris mila. Is that crazy? <laughs> okay, like that's how far they took it. Okay, amazing. Okay, and shenemer, and it's quoted in the pasuk himal yimal. You shall surely do a mila. What do you mean, do a mila and do a mila again? Indicating I feel me apalmin, which avomer is brisi efar lerabas as a So, so we're quoting two pesukim. Um, so the question is, my um, vomer, what is the second basic really doing? That's just the part that's above, not not a, not where you did a bris mila and then it was pulled back, but the you know that you need to um, if you cut the the foreskin, but uh, there's little skin uh, little skin parts tanks. that skin tag that that covered back up most of the crown. You have to go back to cut that. So therefore you need the second line, Tashma Espris here for the Rabbis is a Because that's denying the bris by reversing it. So you he also needs to do a, a bris meal. Bottom line is here's the question. Who suffer Kura he look at all these psukim that are being brought. You're right, from the words Sarukh Shiimal, that's kind of soft term doesn't necessarily indicate that it's from the Torah. But look at the land. We're showing, we're showing your psukim that says that if you have your, your arula, your foreskin pulled back over, you've got to redo it. And it's quoting psukim to that effect. It sounds like it's a dindor rice, and that was the kasha. Filohi, and it's not true, it's not the pasuk midirabonon, it's really only rabbinic for cross machtaba alma, and the verse is really just what we call an asmachta, it's a support, we're using the support text for the rabbinic law. Okay, Maysvei, question here. Okay, so listen to this question. Tumtum, a person who has that bottle, the, his male member covered, so you're not even sure if he's a male or a female. That's a tumtum. It's very unclear um, whether this person is male or female. So, ain't ochel betruma. The tumtum cannot eat truma. Nasha vavadav, his wives and his servants, ochlan can eat truma. Why can't he eat truma? Because if he's a male, he's obviously an uncircumcised male, because he can't. There's not, you can't do it, and therefore he cannot eat truma himself. But his wife and his slave can. 
Well, the Gemara is going to ask it a question. How can a tumtum have a wife? Right. Right. Okay, right. we'll get <coughs> Okay, so mashuch, if the mila was done, but they pulled it back, and somebody who's born in the mila, they can eat androgynous, a person who's an androgynous person, which basically has both uh, male and female um, body parts. Okay, he's allowed to eat truma. We're assuming that his that he got a bris, um, um, and he can eat truma. Whether we consider him a male or a female, he, if he's a male, he has a bris mila. If he's a female, he doesn't need a bris mila. Even whatever the bris mila is done, so he's good to go either way. The, or I don't know. I don't know what pronoun to use there, but whatever. Okay. Today's today, you know, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, right? <laughs> but 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 an androgynous person cannot eat kachim because some kachim can only be eaten by men, and he's in question. <coughs> now tumtum in truma below kachim and tumtum cannot eat either truma or kachim. The reason why is because again he doesn't have bris mila. Now they can eat. So does that sound like? That there's no issue, even you know, it's not even a rabbinic obligation. So Gemara says, "Tiyufta de Rafuna, Tiyufta." That's the disproof to Rafuna. Okay, so now we're going back over this uh, quote that we just quoted. Tum tum, Amar Mar. We just said tum tum ino ochel b'tum keni truma, but nashav avadav ochel. Nashav l'tum tum minoi. How can a tum tum? That's the question we I told you we didn't get to. How can a tum tum have a wife? See, let me the kaddish. If you say he did a kiddushin, the tanya tumtum shekiddish kiddushin kiddushin. If he marries a woman, we suspect that it's a marriage because he might be a man. But in this kaddish, if a tumtum received a kiddushin, kiddushin kiddushin, we assume that he's married too because we take we don't want to take chances. But Amr damer luchumra. That's in a stringent stance. We're choshish for his kiddushin because he might be a male, and we're choshish for him being mikudeshes. Because he might be a female, okay. But But here you're taking it in a lenient stance that it's a good marriage, so much so that his wife can eat truma. So the Gemara said, right, Suffolk Isha, maybe he's a woman, and the ain't Isha mikadeshas Isha. No woman can marry another woman. So Amar uh, Abaye, so Abaye says, no, he's he's clearly a male. How kishib kishib beitzav mikaros his Testicles are visible, so you can tell that, it, that the, the the male member part itself is covered by a layer of skin. So there's nothing to do a bris meal on, but you know it's a man. So that's what we're talking about, and that's why he's, he can have a wife. That's one answer. Rav Amar, my nasha. What do we mean by his women? He doesn't mean wives. It means women. Emo is mom. His mom, Matt was Bas Yisrael, married to a Kohen. She gave birth to him. This tumtum. Um, and the mom will be allowed to eat truma. Okay, that's what we mean. Not him, but the mom, yeah. Pshita is not obvious. The Gemara says, no, it's not so obvious, because Maududim might have thought, interesting, Hava Amina, Molid Ma'achal, Shein Molid in Ma'achal. The only type of child that a woman who can have that will allow her to eat um, to eat truma if she, from her Kohen husband, if she's a Basrael and the husband's dead, is if the child that she has can have children. But this child, 
is a tumtum. Tumtum obviously cannot have an act of relations, cannot have children. So maybe that's a problem, that we don't say that a child's a child, regardless of whether, it has, whether it, this child has an ability to procreate. Okay. Tashma Kamani or another proof. Tumtum in Ochel, cannot eat either truma or kachim. Now, Bishlam Labaye, according to Baye. So, Tana Resha, Aurel Vadai. The Resha is a, a definite Aurel. Like Abai's answer is a good answer because he said that we're talking about a tumtum where we know he's a male. Okay, so that's a definite oral. Mukhtani Sefer Safakaral, and then it says again because we repeated the line about a tumtum twice in the quote. So why do we mention it twice? Because one's an oral vade, the other one's an oral safakaral, and he's also not allowed to eat. El Rava, but according to Rava, tumtum the sefer What is the extra line of tumtum? We already it's the same case. Why do we need to repeat ourselves? So Gemara says, my tumtum RL. The second one is really an RL. Hasha suffix RL. Why would you have to tell us that? The first case is a suffix RL, meaning we, so then, and he's not allowed to eat. Why would a definite RL, where you know the, the second tumtum is a definite male, so then, uh, then of course he cannot eat. So Gemara says, no, matam kamar, it's an explanation. Because might be a real oral. For oral, and what about what's the law by an oral? So that's the idea. Okay. So let me look at tonight. Right now we're thinking that maybe there's a machlokas tanayim, whether or not there's a, what's the requirement for a mashuch, that there's a rabbinic obligation for a person whose mila was reversed, does he need to redo it or not? So mashuch v'gersh in his kayak shumahol. If you have a person who has his mila reversed, or a convert that was converted, and he already had a bris mila, the cotton shavers mano and a cotton that the time passed, v'shar kol inemolim and any other um, people who need a mila. Okay, we'll see what that's referring to. La suye mishayesh lo shteirlos, and that's referring to somebody who has two foreskins. Rashi explains. We're not talking about he has two male members. We're talking about an individual who has two layers of skin covering. Okay? Nevertheless, they all need the mila to be done in the day. If it's being done on day eight, so then it must be done in the day. If it's not being done on day eight, so then there's no requirement of daytime anymore. Uh, can be done day or night. Okay, so that's a basic machlokas. Does it always need to be done in the day? This is very common. Sometimes you have a bris mila that can't be on day eight. Must it be in a daytime or not? So that's the machlokas here. So what's the machlokas? Seems that this is what they're arguing. One opinion is mashuch is from the Torah. And, uh, and therefore, it must be done in the day. And therefore, it can be even at night. Sigmar says, that's definitely not what it's going on. That's not the explanation. Why? Does that make sense? Look at the one of the cases. is Katan Shavar's Manu. Katan who's past day eight. Does anybody think that that's only rabbinically obligated? For sure not. Clearly, Mashiach is only obligated from the rabbis. The Katan Shavar's Manu, and that's from the Torah. And what's the machlokas? The machlokas is this. Mar ubayom. One says, look, we look at the word ubayom ashmini. Why didn't you just say bayom ashmini? The vav of ubayom ashmini is 
indicating that all these other cases must also be done in the day. You don't touch in that. The story goes, we have a similar circumstance of Rabbi Yochanan sitting because Darish, and he was darshaning no sir bismana. Okay, it's an unrelated topic, but we'll see. It's a, it's a very similar type of drasha. Rabbi Yochanan was sitting and he was darshaning no sir uh, um, leftover korban bismano in the day of that that became leftover. Ainur Nisra can't be burnt. Elabiel must be done strictly in the day. But shalom bismano if it's after its time, Nisra bimbiyom bimbalayla could be whether day or night. In other words, the day of, you need to wait into the day till you do, till you burn the nose or it has to be in the day. But once you're past the first day and it's leftover carbon, then there's no requirement anymore of daytime. who Rashi explains is, this is the Amora Reb ben Fadas, who was a student of Reb Yochanan, asked him, we have only a source for that it must be in the day. There are circumstances where the proper time for Mila is on day 9, day 10, day 11, or day 12. Rashi explains because let's say the child was born Erev Shabbos so then you can't do it on Shabbos, you have to do it on Sunday. Well, what if it's um, Shabbos that's followed by a Yom Tif? So then it can be done on Sunday. It's going to have to be done on a Monday. So not on day 9, day 10. And then what if it's um, Rosh, Hashanah. Uh, Rosh Hashanah, Shabbos followed by Rosh Hashanah. So then it's not going to be until um, whatever. So it's day, day, day 9, 10. It could be technically 9, 10, 11, or even 12. Okay. Tamalomer um, Ubayom. That's why it says Ubayom. But even when it's not on the day of, it needs to be done in the daytime. Even though we know it's not so simple, do we, do we darshan vavs or not? It was only Reb Kiva darshan vavs. Vav darish. When it's a vav with a hey, it, it, then it's definitely a drasha. Um, now, which is interesting. It doesn't really have a hey in ubayom, but it's a vehanosar in this case. So there's a vav hey over here. That's for sure drasha. So ishtik. And then Rabbi Yochanan fell silent. So Pastor Dinafak, once uh, Rabbi Lozer left, Amr Rabbi Yochanan was so impressed with the drasha of uh, uh, with the drasha of uh, Rabbi Lozer. Wow, look at him. He's darshaning like like a, like a, like like Moshe Rabbeinu darsh, you know, sees the intact, you know, the, the understanding of the Torah. So Amr Levi Shlakish, so Shlakish said, he wasn't telling you his own stuff, the day, who, oh, he must need see, it's a brysa, it's part of the corpus of the brysa, he's quoting, okay, it's in Torah's Kahanam, it's in the Midrashim on Torah's Kahanam, so apparently, Rabbi Yochanan had not needed to brush up on his Torah's Kahanam knowledge, so he went out and learned them, over three days, and for three months, he made that his Focus to learn and understand um, all of it. So over the f- three days, it's pretty impressive. He memorized, he le- learned all the Mishnahs of the Torah's Kanan, and in three months he was focused on it and understanding the depths of it, because he apparently wasn't familiar. Okay, Amar Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Lazar says new thing. 
if an RL person is uncircumcised does the sprinkling of the ashes of the red heifer, it's a good, it's a good one. Midi it's basically like a case of Tfulyom, even though Tfulyom is Asar Bitruma, Kasher Bipara, he's kosher for para. Okay, so if you have a, 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 an RL that, that that's that's uh, sprinkling, um, it's kosher. And how do I know that? Because it's Tfulyom is Asar Bitruma, is Kasher Bipara. So therefore, it makes sense that it should be Kasher over here as well. So Gemara says, how can you compare a Tfulyom? You know, but just to remind ourselves, a Tfulyom is basically somebody who was tummy that day. He already went to the mikvah, but he didn't hit nightfall yet. So he cannot eat um, uh, truma, but he's kosher. It, it doesn't ruin anything. If he touches the edge of the red heifer and can sprinkle, that's fine. So Malot Yom, she came with her but he's allowed to eat meiser. And an and a oral is not allowed to eat meiser. So the Gemara says, we're not talking in eating. We're not eating anything over here. What's relevant here is the ability to touch. A Tfulyom cannot touch Truma. He's dummy to touch. Okay? And yeah, Motor Bipari can touch the Paraduma. An oral that can touch Truma. There's no din that says an oral can't touch Truma. He's not dummy. But so in a ditch, and surely should be allowed to sprinkle the ashes of the red heifer. Tanya Namiach, the Bible says so as well. For Aurel, sprinkles, it's a good kosher hazah. On my side, the story happened. Chachamim said it's proper. Okay, next question. If you have a tumtum that did the, uh, mix the ashes with the water of the red heifer. So he's doing the, you know, mixing it together. That's the kiddush, that's activating basically the ashes of the red heifer with the water. Kiddush apostle, it's apostle. Why am I pleased with Because maybe he's an aro. The aro apostle is kaddish, and aro is possible to do so. Find joke in the shekiddish, kiddush kosher, it's kosher. So what, so you see an aro cannot be mekaddish so Rabbi Yudomer, Afan Drogin Shakidish Kedusha Pilsulim, even an androgynous person is possible. The Pneisha Suffolk Isha, because he's a Suffolk Isha, the Isha Pilsulim, Kasha, a woman is not allowed to do so. Okay. So Rabbi Yosef, so there's a Kasha over here. It doesn't it sound like an oral is can't do the Kiddush, so maybe he can't do the sprinkling either. So Gemara says, I'm Rabbi Yosef, Haitana, Tana, Kivi. This is, you have to realize who this Tana is. It's Rabbi Kiva. It's from the school of Rabbi Kiva. What's the difference? Because remember, what was the basis for an Aram inability to eat truma? Comes from the Pasuk of Ish Ish. This is what we started off with. Okay? Ish Ish. And it talks about Tumas. So basically, that extra Ish is, we're saying an Aram is kind of Tame like. That's what he's, we're, the Pasuk is including an Aram in all the examples of Tame people. So that's why he looks like an oral. He treats an oral as if he's a tummy person. The Tanya Rabbi Kiva Omer Ish Ish the Rabbis is oral. The Rabbis oral. So Rava, so Rava says, "Have you seen a coming to Rav Yosef? Have you seen before Rav Yosef the Kashli?" And had this problem. How come? Lo lishtametana. Is there no Tanaim, no Mishnah, Mishnahic source anywhere that I can find? 
Delisni ha'aral fa'atamei. And it puts Aurel and equates an Aurel to a Tomei and say, oh, that's Rabbi Kiva. The layman Rabbi Kiva and say that, oh, that's Rabbi Kiva's opinion. Yeah, how come you don't find such a thing anywhere? So Gemara says, what do you mean? We do find. There's a few Mishnahis that start off Aurel Vatame. And Aurel and Tomei are not obligated in the mitzvah of Ri'as Panim. So the Gemara says, that's a different, I mean, so the Gemara says, that's a totally different thing. Also, Mishum Demas. They both have issues entering the base of Mikdash. You're only chayev in Riyah if you're allowed in the base of Mikdash. A tummy person is not allowed in the base of Mikdash and Aurel is not allowed in the base of Mikdash. Nothing to do with the Aurel being tummy. Bazo tamayu. And this, uh, so the Gemara is saying that Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbanan who argue about an androgynous is lishitasam. What's the deal with the androgynous? The Tanya called Shem the Kaddish. Anyone is allowed to do the Kiddush for the ashes of the red effort activating it with the Mayim Chaim, with this, with the Chutz Mi Cherishot Vakatan, but it's not allowed as a Cherishot Vakatan. That's Tanakam's opinion. You need to be of sound mind. Okay? Rabbi Yudha, Makshir Vakatan, Rabbi Yudha says a Katan is acceptable, opposed to the Yishav Androgynous, but a woman and an androgynous person is forbidden. So that's Rabbi Yudha Lishitas, my time is Rabbanan. What's the basis for the rabbis? The Pasuk says, Valakula Tamei. They shall take, there's a plural, right? They shall take from the ashes of the burning of the chatas. Those who I told you, you can't gather, they can, they're not allowed to activate. Okay? Those who are allowed to gather, okay. The verb he'll tell you like this. What is the extra vav? Because it's just said singular. Why does it say plural? Even those that are unfit there, they're kosher here. So why not include women as well? It says, It says, And then it says, Singular. What is that? Not herb giving. So it's by switching between singular, uh, plural to singular, that's coming to tell you that a woman not. What do the rabbis say? For Abanan, Iksi Velakach Venasan, we would just stick to both Velakach Venasan, Havamida Shakel Chad Vyavchad. One person does the taking of the ashes, the other person puts the water, and it's two people doing it. Kazavachmana Velakhu, which basically means, um, uh, so, uh, so, um, um, so, right, Velachu. So, both. Now, because Rechman of Velachu, Venasno, if it's a both plural, so Havamina, the Shakli tray, two people are doing the taking, Viavi tray, and two people are putting the water. Because Rechman of Velachu, Venasan, Tafilu Shakli tray, Viavchad, even if two people are doing the taking, one person is putting the water, um, that's also okay. Viza, Torah, Latame, what is the next line? The Torah pours on the, uh, sprinkles on the Tame. Which implies that he doesn't need to be fully tar, because otherwise you wouldn't call him tar. Tar means like 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 the bare minimum of tara. And that's this basis that a tvul yom is allowed to do the sprinkling of the para, even though he's not fully tar. That's if you, if you remember, this is one of the major issues that the tzedukim took to task. Um, that was a dispute, and uh, that's the story. All right, we'll stop over here. Have a good.